0: Episode 4, Key Issue, the Definitive Podcast, brought to you by Cover Price. With Cover Price, it's not bias, brought to you by, it's brought to you by Definitive. But we're working with our good friends at C-O-V-R-P-R-I-C-E, CoverPrice.com. I'm Randall Lobb from Definitive Film. I'm Isaac Elliott Fisher from Definitive Film. Who's that other guy? I'm Ryan Buckley from my basement. <laughs> Ryan's been doing some cosplay for us. At some point in this, in this episode, he yeah. might do it. By yeah. surprise. Fully surprised. Um, listen, <laughs> the uh the story in your basement is it's the danger room. Do you want to just show the people at home what you've done with your beautiful background? Look at that. Oh. Mm-hmm. He's in a room. It
1: looks like Tron. It's <laughs> maybe <he laughs> some weird things happening
0: if yeah. I move quickly. Ah! Very disturbing. Very disturbing. <laughs> we are in the second part of our look at the X-Men, our look and our listen. We're talking about the X-Men after they came back, after there was a droppage, a shortage of X-Men activity uh, between 67 and 93. There was a big hole. If you were an X-Men collector, you were disappointed, weren't you, Ryan?
2: Um, I wasn't born.
0: I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. You weren't there for that? Yeah. So it was a very
2: disappointing time in my life.
0: Only only you were there, I man. was there as an old guy. I also wasn't collecting the X-Men at that time. Um, but I will say this. Had I been collecting, I would have been disappointed by the reprints. But something happened in 1975, early in the year in 1975. I believe it uh, came out in February 1975. Had a May 1975 date on it. And it was super important because X-Men had had very low terrible sales for many years. And I looked at a little bit about why. So I'm just going to hit you guys with a couple things. Have you ever heard of the direct market for comics?
1: This is a neat hand sign for the direct market. This is
0: the symbol for the direct market. The new distro system (laughs) that encouraged specialty shops that came out. People used to go to just random newsstands and grab comic books in the early into the mid 70s the way that you got comics was changing. And one of those key changes was, if you're in a comic store, you didn't rip the covers off and send them back to the publisher like you do with magazines. So comics started to take on a little bit more of a collector's market because they had back issues. So people who sold comics in a a, a sort of a specific comic retail setting, a comic store they would keep back issues cuz they couldn't get credits for them but they spent less per issue so that impacted the sales of comics people used to just walk in and drop some money and buy whack of comics things were changing you had the same thing that was happening in hollywood was happening with comics if you guys know about 70s movies there was an influx of new talent late 60s into the early 70s, you had these people who were making movies who had a different approach. The Vietnam War was ending in 1975. You had people who were coming out of the counterculture into marvel and dc and they were doing things differently now this is specifically for both of you i'm going to give you a list of characters that came out in these early 70s swamp thing big barda john stewart who was a green lightning african-american black green lightning luke cage ghost rider shang chi and iron fist iron fist of course a whitewashed asian style character but shang chi a legitimate asian character punisher And Wolverine. This is in the early to mid-70s. Interesting characters. Now, Isaac, at the time, Mm -hmm. um, you weren't born. Ryan was born after all this. Do any of those characters seem resonant to you when I make that list?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, a couple of them right off the top. I mean, uh, Swamp Thing, I think, is uh, one of the ones that hits me right away. Mm -hmm. I I love the underground uh, stuff that was going on that, that actually carried over into like the 80s and 90s that was um, that turned into cartoons and stuff when they were kind of grasping at at silly franchises to try to try to make them into something. Actually, I should look this up, but I I'm not sure did Swamp did they attempt at Swamp Thing cartoon before they attempted or before they did the X Men cartoon? Was that something that happened? I'm not
0: I'm not a cartoon guy, but I can tell you that Swamp Thing would not have been one of the most obvious things to turn into a cartoon because it was an early horror <laughs> yeah, really? and it was quite dark but it had um a social active element it was a uh, social activism around environmental concerns and if you look at some of these characters obviously john stewart and luke cage are black characters mm-hmm. and those sorts of titles you have young people coming in and writing comics and saying you know what comics are fine to sell to american kids but if we can sell them to american kids British kids, Asian kids and you know, pick China, Japan, whatever, pick countries, South America. They started to expand the countries they were looking at. And they also looked at the American audiences and said, why wouldn't black kids buy comics? Maybe black kids want to see themselves in comics. Maybe Asian kids who are in America and North America want to see themselves in comics. Why don't we expand sort of the palette for characters? And
1: what about um, some of the other characters you mentioned? Well, obviously some of the more um, well-known ones like, X, or was like uh, Wolverine and Punisher. Mm-hmm. Those are like, well, Wolverine maybe less than Punisher, but kind of anti-hero, gritty characters. This is also reflecting of the time.
0: I was going to say that too. The comics yeah, code is fading in its power. Uh, there was a Spider-Man title that came out that dealt with drug abuse or drug use, I guess, and it didn't get the comics code. So you see the the things that were happening in other culture. So movies and books were being a little more hard-edged. It was bleeding over into comics. Even though comics were for kids, and they were aiming for kids, they were widening the palette for the type of audience. And also, you have a a more distinct college audience too, right? Kids who grew up in the 60s are now older, and maybe they're buying comics, and there's a certain audience that comes to comics and says, I like the art, I like some of these new creators I want in too. And we know that... Conan and the Barbarian and some of the titles that were a little more influenced by literature or let's say influenced by certain other elements of culture science fiction and fantasy and so on those were perhaps bringing older audiences in so let's jump into what was happening to lead up to that first X-Men you have an editor named Len Wein who also or Len Wein I mean let's pronounce it W E I N Len was editing and writing in Marvel, and he's a young guy. He was best friends with Marv Wolfman, and he and Marv were doing a lot of things that were interesting, and Dave Cockrum had been at DC, and Dave Cockrum, who came over from Legion of Superheroes, he was known for his work with character and costume designs, and what we have here is a Gil Kane cover, that incorporates some of the material that Dave Cockrum brought over. Now, Gil Kane, everybody knows Gil is pretty well regarded for his DC work and particularly for Batman, but he's done everything over his career. You could do a whole episode on Gil. But you have Storm, you have Wolverine, you have Scott Summers, the Cyclops, you have Peter Rasputin, Colossus, you have Mr. Proudstar down here, John Proudstar, Thunderbird, and there's Kurt Wagner nightcrawler and there's the old x-men and how he gets doubled we don't have to talk about but the idea is these designs these characters when they came out they were revolutionary in a way because you know aurora is from africa storm wolverine is from canada peter is from russia john proudstar is from the american southwest i believe he was apache and kurt is from germany and so you have this international cast, and they're bursting out. Dave Cockrum's costume designs are very appealing, very interesting. And you have a real sense of something new. Ryan, do you have Giant Size X-Men 1? Oh, no, I wish I did. Tell him why um, he doesn't, Isaac, before he goes on.
1: Uh, this, this specific issue, I wonder if it's important, because it has a really big price on it. We're talking record price here, highest known value at nine point eight. April thirtieth, two thousand twenty, was a fourteen thousand four hundred or fourteen thousand four hundred dollar sale. So yeah, an average seven point five grading at thirteen ninety two. So yeah, this is a this is a key key issue. Um, Rand, I I guess you kind of covered this, but this is the first book in a long time. Is that correct? Is this the first X Men book coming out at the the middle of this lull? They
0: were going to put out giant size X Men. For a while, it was going to be a quarterly, and they would put out these giant size, and then they would see how it went. We know how it went. Uh, Ryan, sorry, I cut you off when I talked about the value. Uh, What were you going to say there?
2: Um, No, like I was just going to say, just because it's the first appearance of so many iconic characters, it's like a comic book that anybody would want to have, especially these characters that resonate um, and have been in our imagination since the mid '70s till today. Um, So yeah, it's 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 one of the.
0: Classic comic. It's a Grail comic. It's easy to overpay for it because it has so many things in it that are valuable. People who know Dave Cockrum's work from Legion and his excellence with costume designs and character designs, they can get this because of his work. There's that Gil Kane cover, which is beautiful, but it's the first appearances of so many. Now it's not Wolverine's first appearance. Everybody knows his first appearance was.
2: Incredible Hulk, 182, right?
0: 180, 180, 181. 181. It depends if you subscribe to the first appearances, the actual appearance, or the last panel. Right. There he is, right? It's 180 and 181. And that's also Len. Len wine. So this character um, is really one of the reasons why I was an X-Men fan for so long. I loved the idea that there was a Canadian hero. That was thrilling for me. And I did not buy this until later, but if you give us an overhead real quick, uh, Nick, and you guys can see this, these Marvel Milestone Editions, Dave Cockrum's art, it feels like it's influenced by Kirby, but it's a different feel. It's a different vibe. It's a little bit of that Kirby style. He's influenced in his layouts. You see Peter jumping off the panel there. But it's just a different vibe. And what Cochram was known for, as I say, costumes and character designs, you know, he borrowed some stuff for Aurora. He, I believe, and his wife came up with the idea for Nightcrawler and that he had velvety fur, Count Dante, of course. Uh, Just some really great stuff here from a costume perspective. And the characters themselves, these new characters, have these nice international stories. Um, if you were going to say something about this comic, aside from the fact that you have to get it, it sets the tone for a new feel. And I think you can feel, Do you, you read this recently, didn't you, Ryan?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's funny. I didn't know that it was originally planned to be like more of a quarterly. Mm-hmm. I imagine it would have been more fleshed out and a longer mm-hmm. story because reading it, Exactly. that's probably my only criticism is the pace like, and it actually works in its favor because it's so lightning fast. Like the, you immediately jump in. It's like, Oh, the X-Men are gone. We need to the original X-Men. I need to put together this team. And then it's like a globe spanning, putting the band together story. And then they go to this Island called Kerkola, um to rescue the original X-Men, but you don't know what happened to them. So mm. you kind of always playing catch up. And, uh, but whether that was by, like by design or, as a result of what you were saying they actually had to make a shorter story to fit just a giant size book um but it really worked and it kind of set the tone for this is something different it's very modern and fast and uh yeah very exciting
0: the pace is crazy the idea of krakoa being introduced here i don't think krakoa came in anywhere else as a a living mutant island and of course it becomes so important in the last few years i know you were following that run
2: yeah, for sure. And anyone who's reading the X-Men right now, like Krakow is like um, it's a, sort of what Hickman used to unite all X-Men and give them um, I think he liked the idea, it's probably an idea, let's give the X-Men and all mutant kind, like a home world mm-hmm. um, and have them separate, like on an island. And then he probably thought, oh, I got a great idea, I'll use Krakow. Um And uh, I think a lot of times when a new writer comes out of the X-Men they like to use the trope of the new Genesis or second Genesis like Jim, that's Jim Lee's first issue like in the 90s as well mm-hmm. use genesis in the title um, to come back to this this reimagining um, it's a clever construct in terms of storytelling but to a company like marvel it's also brilliant because it uh, allows them to remarket themselves and everybody knows how much number one issues and something new and something novel it sells
0: and speaking of reissue you can get the marvel milestone edition of giant size x-men one which we've got here And Ryan, you got another reissue of Giant Size X Men 1. Yeah, that you you bought.
2: I think it came out a year or so ago, these reprint editions. um, And I have, you know, I could have cheated and just read 181 right off here, to be (laughs) honest. (laughs) I don't know why I didn't even think of that. (laughs) But but these are great. Yeah, they are. uh, $5 for the X Men and $4. But I think these have actually even gone up in the collecting market to about 20, 30 bucks if you can find them now.
0: do. But let's go to the next one that you have to grab. Well, wait, wait, before you jump off, don't oh. you have a nice slabbed one there? I have a 6.5 slab here. Yeah, we got, we got to pull oh, that Oh, did you want to look and see how I...
1: Yeah, I want to see how you fared on this how market How did I value. do with the 6.5 yeah, slab? Wow. Average sale of uh, $1,046 in a range for between 478 and seventeen ninety five 95
0: for a 6.5 there. Yeah, 6.5 is all over the map. When mm. I bought this, I paid less but I paid more than I would like to pay. And the only reason that I bought it is for this show. And nice. I don't collect X-Men, as you know, I don't like the title. I It didn't create my love for comics, none of that. <laughs> it was not important to me, and it was not a good one. <laughs> I'm like,
2: wait a minute, none of this is made, sounds right yeah, to that's, me, that's, uh, <laughs> there this,
0: it is. This was the comic I've been wanting my whole life. There are a few grails for me that my whole life I wanted uh, X-Men 181, I wanted Giant Size X-Men 1, and I wanted this one here. X-Men 94. I love this Gil Kane cover. Um, Count Nefaria didn't have a giant
1: <laughs> role to play in the X-Men story. love Storm coming out of his mouth here.
0: Yeah, it is a strange vibe. Um, but what happens inside 94, you can look up the value of that. Already there. Um, it has one of the worst Character hairdo's and costumes of all time. Look at Banshee's hair. <laughs> oh.
2: And how
0: elegantly smoking that pipe. And he's smoking a pipe. <laughs> and Dude. this is what started for me my lack of interest in Banshee.
1: Um, oh, I thought you were gonna say pipe smoking. Catch yeah. lucky, right? It yeah, was so ridiculous. And talk about a price, yeah. holy cow. For
0: X Men '94,
1: yeah, highest known value is twenty six thousand five hundred dollars. It seems wow. That's going up. That's crazy. That's uh, that's back in 2010 though. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's it's average now. Average grade at 9.0 is seven hundred eighty nine dollars. Whoever paid that in 2010. I kind of feel like they got ripped off. but It comes and goes. Yeah, um, this one is, wow. Talking about range. It kind of goes up and down and up and down.
0: It's also strange. Don't you find, Ryan, it's not quite as good a story as you would want?
1: Yeah, like
2: the villain. It's, there are elements you can see um, of what's going to come. This was like Chris Claremont first one where he was credited. I think he co-plotted Giant Yeah,
0: he didn't write this one, apparently. Len wrote this. I'm telling, yeah, I believe that the next one that Chris actually wrote was 95. Um, And you can, there's something that he sets in 95 that becomes uh, known. And by the way, I don't have 95, it's on my wish list. But what we see happening in this comic, aside from the idea that banshee doesn't his guy's got the worst hairdo and the art is okay (laughs) you see there's still some goofiness left over The Annie men like those animal creatures that is ridiculous it's very old-fashioned i feel like they weren't still (laughs) they weren't ready for what this was going to be they didn't know what they had yet i don't think i think that comes into 95 and yeah don't you think i'll bring in '95. 95 has got a
2: great cover. I have a copy of it right here,
0: too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, hold it up a little bit there, Ryan. I've got it up here. Oh, Isaac's got it. Let's let's go with Isaac's there for a second. Another Gil Kane cover. We lose Sunfire. We lose Angel, Iceman, Havoc, Polaris, and Jean Grey. Yeah, Yeah, that's right.
2: Can't wait to quit.
0: We're supposed to. The theory is they're all gone. We're losing Jean Grey. Chris Claremont had different ideas for Gene Gray, did he ever? And he showed what he was all about because he killed Thunderbird. Yeah. And I don't know if that was part of a plan. I think that was him saying, This is how we're going to make a statement. And boy, did he make a statement. It's
2: right um, on the cover, too, that classic Silver Age. I love those ones, not like that a hoax. Flash cover where they're like, yeah. Stop this issue? And it says, like, not a hoax, not a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This issue, an X-Man dies. You oh, must man. read War Hunt. You have no option. You have, you must read it.
0: And the truth is, this is where I got flipped around. I wanted 94 because of the cover, right? I love the cover. The interior, not appealing. 95, I st- I've never had it. But that was one. I remember reading that one and thinking, okay, this is crazy. Because I love that character. Two issues, I thought, oh, great, we have a native character. And this was really exciting for me. I was obsessed, as a a kid, I was obsessed with things of native culture. Do you remember Little Big Man? Do you remember there was a kind of a movement that you'd see cowboy movies with a little more native culture? Probably still stereotypical, but I was excited by that. Killing him, I think that's where Chris Claremont let everybody know things were different. 96, the next one, Isaac, what's 95 worth right now?
1: Um, you're talking record price of 1,375, uh, like a 9.8 is like 990 bucks.
0: What's a raw going for you? If you scroll up, you'll give us a raw, I believe.
1: Raw. Um, sorry. I went for 58 bucks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I
0: have almost bought that one many times, but I never see a copy that I like. And the same has happened with 96. 96 went boom because of Moira McTaggart. It's the first Moira McTaggart. And when she got implemented in this latest situation, we won't spoil for anybody, but she has an an amazing power, really, really interesting mutant power. She was brought in in 96 for the first time. It's um, Claremont and Cochran again. And I think Claremont lets people know right off the bat, he's so creative. He's got so many good ideas. And he brings in Wolverine's Berserker Rage in 96. That's the first one. So that's a must-grab. And I have never seen that. You know, I'm not like you. You sometimes, you get your list, Ryan, and you stick to it. You go out and grab them, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And
2: I usually, like, I'm patient. Like, I'll wait. Um, if you go to your local comic book store, a lot of them will have sales, like, maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Boxing Week, you exactly. might have, like, 25% off or 50% off wall books. And I'll then I'll wait, and I'll yeah. buy a bunch of it all at once. And I know, like, the, that copy is like it has a $45 price tag on it that I don't think I paid that for it. Like I probably got it for half of
0: that. That's why I haven't picked it up. I've seen it for 50 a lot of times. Yeah. Raw, Raw is $50. Yeah. I mean,
1: graded yeah. 8.5 is 185. Um, yeah. Record is 1395. Yeah. It's let's... important right now because
0: of what they've done with Moira and the role that she's played in that mm-hmm. run that you, you've you've read and i haven't caught up in that run yet i have them to read but have not read yet it's a confusing cover do not you think though it's
1: chaotic yeah 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 a lot of a lot of things and there's a bit of a color tangent going on the yellow it is a green. strange
0: it's a strange thing I, i'm not a huge fan of that cover either on my note uh, i i struggle i like dave Cochran's art i don't love dave Cockrum's art it, it was the x-men that pulled me, me in but something happens soon that changes uh, our opinion of Dave Cockrum's art. Let's talk about one hundred X-Men 100. It's a really classic cover. Um, the X-Men versus the X-Men. Mine's in rough shape. Professor X is standing. When I saw this... With an arrow. This is Professor X. This is one of the ones that I bought myself uh, back in the day. When I saw this, I had to have it. I couldn't figure out what was going on. It's got really... Um, tricky stuff at the start, a classic situation. But Dude. look at this frame, amazing, really great. Wow, and this makes, makes me think of Kirby. This is very Kirby in its layout, and that's where you see Cockrum is old, old classic stuff. Um, look at these panels, man, so good. Yeah, and what you find out, Wolverine opens up Jean Grey, and she's a robot. That's right. Spoiler alert. Gene Gray is not Gene Gray. And this crazy guy, he I can't remember his name. Is I want to say his name's Paul, and maybe it is. And you'd think I'd do more research. I just remember him as Paul, uh, which is not a very bad guy name. He yes, created these robots that were supposed to destroy the X-Men. And really, it's not a huge deal. He's not a bad guy that I like and follow later. He does come back into play later. But what happens in 100 that is worthwhile, these are Sentinels, these mm. X-Men robots. And if you were me and you bought the official handbook of the Marvel uni- Universe and you looked at the Hellfire Club in that official handbook of the Marvel Universe, these are not valuable comics. If you look up the official handbooks, Isaac, you'll see they're like $8 for good Raws. Um, When they mention the Hellfire Club, they say that Sebastian Shaw paid for these robots. He paid for this bunch of Sentinels in 100. But it's not mentioned here, which is interesting. And you can see Jean Grey in the final panels sacrifices her life. What? What is this force around her, Ryan? She sacrifices her life. For the rest of the team. And there's like this fiery force around her. heavy. These books yeah. are,
1: everybody's dying.
0: It's almost like... It's some, like
1: like an actual
2: mythological phoenix. <laughs> like this story beat keeps bird, coming back to life over and over again. So but and the first time, it was very good.
0: This is when you realize that, that Chris Claremont... His ideas are really good. And they really work. Yeah. And this title really starts to sell before this it was really selling they knew right away that they had a winner but this is the first fastball special wolverine gets picked up by colossus and throne oh, that's right this has a really great banshee error where he has to scream to fly and he talks at the same time that's always fun I'm not a banshee <laughs> fan as i've made clear um we see claremont loves the character Jean gray almost called her green jay uh, he loves her. He has a plan for her. And that plan is revolutionary. But what also comes up here is this is where you start to sense the soap opera ahead. Would you not say, Ryan, that X-Men becomes one of the most amazing soap operas?
2: Oh, definitely. And like, even that character, I think you were talking about is it Stephen Lang. I looked up. I have this book about collecting the X-Men, which is actually <laughs> pretty handy. You missed out that this is also the first appearance of Negatubes. Yeah. <laughs> If you're a big fan of Marvel technology, negatubes make their first appearance here.
0: Um,
2: but yeah, right. The whole Claremont, like he has like an A plot and a B plot and a C, sometimes a D, and he'll tease little bits in there. And Wait. these characters that seem like they're nothing, like a year later, suddenly they're a big deal. They're the guy who's been behind everything. And um, it just makes you want to buy the next issue. That's I think that's oh. maybe why it was such a commercial success as well.
0: It, it was such a drug. And you're telling me that guy's name wasn't Paul? The bad guy was Stephen Lang?
2: Yeah, it's a Stephen Lang. I
0: thought it was and Paul. And the, the
2: Sentinels, Steve the, uh, Mark II Sentinels. <laughs> Stephen! Steve.
0: <laughs> but Oscar, uh, you need to have 101, guys. If you buy 100, Enter the you got to get 101. Isaac, look up 101, It's please. right
1: here. Here's 101. 100. Uh... Uh, sorry, 101. Oh, yep. I
0: want that so much. Everybody Isn't wants this right now. It went word. up
1: like crazy over the
0: last while. Uh it's the first Phoenix and yes Jean Grey sacrificed herself for people who have been in continuity for years and years. Jean Grey didn't come
1: back. Spoiler alert. Uh Phoenix. Phoenix came back. And this is this is a little bit more expensive one. The highest grade at uh, 2019 was uh $6,800. But it's a buy right now. It's going so down. So, raw is 389. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get this one. Man, this is actually a surprise. I actually find this is surprising. We're seeing higher numbers in these, these issues than we were in the older ones.
0: That's because of exactly what we're talking about right now yes yeah, the chris, character development chris claremont was on this title isaac for 17 years think about that in yeah. comics that's not very often that you'll see a creator so stuck to a title for and i don't mean it in a bad way he's so, cooking with gas that's yeah was doing he yeah. was doing something that i think revolutionized comics forever honestly
1: yeah even the mid-grade stuff even in the fours and 5s there's yeah. they're still like 200 300 it's an expensive book even at a low or mid grade, I mean, it it makes me sad
0: and hurts my feelings. I want it so much, and yeah. I should have bought it before it went crazy. And by the way, I'm right there with you. <laughs> we people like you and I, we knew that we had to buy it. We've known for years.
1: But are these are these are going it crazy is. because of the movie adapting the storylines? Is that not? Uh, it, it, it's, you know? it's why Probably.
0: it started. The movie also is the reason because it tanked. It's why the title uh, is not worth what it was. It's dropping right now. Uh, aside from COVID and all of that, but. It's going to come back, you know it will. The character of Jean Gray was served so well and Phoenix was served so well by Claremont over the years um it's it's a must have. you have to have one oh one good cover too. Let's jump to one oh seven guys, and now we're about to get to some really, really good stuff. Do you have one oh seven Ryan? Do you care about this one?
2: Oh yeah, I love it i'm um, uh I've got a pretty decent I'd say mine's like a seven.
1: The the creepy tentacles coming in on this one.
0: Yours is way better than mine. Mine is also from my old days. Remember, I'm from a small town. It was so hard to get comics back then. You'd be very lucky to get, you know, a few of the title you collected.
1: I think it's cool that those are like comics you bought in Clinton in the the 70s. That's pretty rad. Yeah,
0: it is rad. This one was also good because it introduced something that was particularly interesting to me. Uh, if we go, this is the last Cockrum. Dave Cockrum is leaving. I also, uh, this is a great panel. This is very Cockrumy. y See over here? The They look like the Legion of Superheroes. And I used to read Legion as a kid. And this is very totally. Legion of superheroes The Star Jammers, yeah, I think, design, are very... totally. Yeah, the Star Jammers are very... Um, kind oh, yeah. of space opera, legion it just it, this feels like a callback to legion but look at this character here look at fang <laughs> look at fang's costume
2: the brown wolvie costume
0: isn't that amazing and in this episode it, issue wolverine gets his clothes ripped of course like he always does and he puts on fang's brown costume Later on. Yeah, I know. Look, I I beat claw it up. Sharing. I beat it up, you guys. Beat it up. Yeah. He takes Fang's clothes later. We all find it. There he is. Here's the panel. Now, <laughs> this is interesting. The story goes that Dave Cockrum did this as a little bit of a screw you for the next artist because nobody wants to draw that claw costume. Fang costume, uh, fang costume rather. Because it's got a lot of crud on it. So Dave Cockrum's leaving the title. He leaves that costume change for the next artist. And the next artist is all to be the talk except this first Star Jammer's interview uh, introduces Corsair. And we all know who Corsair is going to be.
2: Are you waiting for me or Isaac to say?
0: Isaac won't say. It's you that's going to say. It's,
2: uh, yeah, Scott's dad. Cyclops' dad turns out that he didn't die in that plane crash after all. We should have all seen the obvious thing. He was abducted by aliens and taken to space to become a space pirate.
0: And if you didn't know that Chris Claremont was writing soap operas for teenage boys, that's when you figured it out.
2: My my favorite part of this whole soap opera is like how Scott figures it out because they have an adventure together and he sees him and then he sees his reflection. was isn't like a twig or something. Yes, yes. And so, of course, there has a mustache and then this floats by and Scott sees his face with that, and he goes, wait a minute. What's... I look just like, could it be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, it's amazing. I love that. I love that the... Uh, the way he, find, uh, uh, Gene telepath- Phoenix telepathically reads his mind and does this like, yeah. <laughs> and you can imagine getting to the what? end of that and be like, what? <laughs> what? And you can't wait. Like you go a month. It, I, can't, I can't stress enough how- Kids don't ex- wait for stuff anymore. They don't wait for stuff. I
2: think you have to go two months when in the first year of Claremont's run. I think it was only six times a year, but they quickly changed it.
0: I, I think you might be right. But remember how I get my comics back then. I like, yeah. go to every store in town and scroll the thing. Did this one get the one I want? Yeah, you're right. It,
1: it's uh, 107 is, uh, uh, well, it says June, except it says October on the cover. Yeah, then, there was a lag. And then it says uh, on, on um, 108, it's December, but it says again. Yeah, yeah. It's December. So yeah. keep
0: that 108 up there for a minute.
1: Yeah, This is a very risque cover.
0: My it's goodness. a Cockrum cover, but it's what's inside that counts john Byrne. see how cheap how cheap
1: you can get 108 yeah average raw value at 17 75. so here's yeah. been
0: the stopper 108 109 are on my wish lists why haven't i got them i keep wrestling with slabbed or best possible raw i don't know what to do
1: oh come on you gotta get slabbed of 109 though i mean come on for us yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I Maybe our audience have is that one. Isn't predominantly Canadian. but
0: 109, that cover is amazing for Canadian kids. Yeah. You need 108 and 109. John Byrne. Now, for people who know John Byrne's career, John Byrne has been amazing. John Byrne was a writer. He was a plotter later on this title. But when John Byrne came to the X-Men, it was revolutionary for people like me it changed how I thought about comics John Byrne's art I to this day when I look at these titles I can't believe how good the art is and how it holds up for me and it's a lot about inkers too with John Byrne his line is so I don't want to say it's refined or delicate or ever. he seems to have a little bit of Neil Adams don't you think Ryan? oh
2: 100 I was actually just gonna say when him coming to this book it's like when Neil Adams came to the uh, X-Men before the hiatus. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, and that clean line. Mm-hmm. It, and it fit. It's kind of funny because I think you may, I don't know if we're going to talk about this a little bit, but, but he didn't really get along or see eye to eye with Claremont in terms of the direction of the book, to put it mildly. Or, or but, everybody,
0: apparently. He was yeah. always known to be pretty grumpy or that's the story. Yeah.
2: But, yeah. Like on the page, it's just very sophisticated, and yeah. uh, it matched perfectly. And even though he hated doing, apparently he wa- wanted to be all about the fight scenes and Wolverine yeah. and that kind of stuff. Where Claremont's like, let's just everybody wearing jeans and t-shirts and talk about our feelings, and with giant word balloons, yeah, so there's exactly. no room for the art. Um, but as much as he hated drawing those parts, he did it so well. His expressions of the oh. character, the 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 um, the way that the anatomy, the way people were standing mm-hmm. and interacting um yeah great storyteller like great
0: cartoonist
1: tell us what one oh eight and one oh nine are worth while we uh one oh eight is actually like we were saying earlier seventy it's like raw value is pretty pretty reasonable uh is a little bit more raw value is like sixty nine uh, eighty six and uh, you know best highest known at tw- in twenty eighteen was uh, twelve hundred bucks so yeah i mean it's hit and miss here between you know in the in the mid to low um uh grades it's like twenty fifty bucks hundred bucks at most and at the, the, the high end, it's between 300 and 1,000.
0: They're muskets. Um, there are callbacks to GS1 in here. The Canadian government comes back to claim Wolverine. You have Weapon Alpha. And I think this may be the first it's way... Is that this character is at the front? Yeah, he's Weapon Alpha in this title. He changes his name later. Uh, there's a reference here to Charles and Moira having a romantic past. Something that is so Claremont. He, he's very
1: Captain Canuck, isn't he? How dare you say that? I know, but it looks. How dare you say that? I thought for a minute. I thought, oh, cool. It's like it's an interesting take on Canuck's costume. But
0: listen, John Byrne would know about Captain Canuck. There may be some on purpose there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Weapon X program, the Weapon Alpha stuff, probably was Byrne had a handle on that. Like I think he was a big part of Wolverine and Wolverine's backstory and developing Wolverine. So. I mean, you'd have. Uh, did I say Claremont? I meant Byrne. Did I say it backwards? See, because I'm trying to say this properly. I think Chris Claremont was less about Wolverine than John Byrne was about Wolverine at first. Totally. And John Byrne really layered a lot of the the plot stuff that we love about Wolverine. I think was a lot about John Byrne.
1: And forgive me for for harping on this a little bit, but I find this fascinating. Only because this cover is so blatantly obvious when it comes to the Canadian heritage of the Wolverine character, but mm-hmm. would we? Would you say that they're dwelling on it here? They're showing us here, like this is this is obviously the Canadian government's coming back to get this character. Did they? I don't even think they mentioned it in the movies. Did they? Like nowadays, yeah. now like I I'm there's so. sort of this underdog thing that Canadians always come at pop culture with. It if Canada is mentioned in something, we're like, whoa, oh my god, we exist. Validated. But the thing is, is that, am I correct in thinking that this, that there's less of it now than there was maybe back then? Because I don't think you'd see this in a comic now.
0: Um, I think it was important back then. It's less Mm -hmm. important now, but it is part of comics now. Like the idea that things would be Canadian, that still happens. Of course.
1: Sure. Sure. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm thinking just Hollywood going, numbers, no, we're not going to have Canadian... I know why you're saying that. Yeah, You've but we, actually... we, experience, we experience it all the yes. time, right? And so you wouldn't... We're not going to acknowledge Wolverine being a Canadian character in the movie because that they believe, anyway, that that would reduce sales. Because why would we want to go? Why would Americans want oh, to go? Yeah, maybe.
0: We're, we're 10% of their population. If it's a numbers game, we lose. That's right, and we tend to. But 109, that great, that great cover, that's a Cockrum cover... It's a must-have. It's the soap opera. It's the Wolverine backstory being teased. It's the Charles Moira relationship. And it's Scott saying, Jean Grey's different now. Something's up with Jean Grey. Scratches his chin. Mm -hmm. These, to me, come together so nicely. These little threads that we teased out in what I'm thinking will be the last one we'll talk about in this episode. It's 120. And we'll pull 120 up. And this, I did not buy this as a kid. I would have obviously bought it because look at they actually say Canada. <laughs> Chaos
1: in Canada. This is as very chaotic. I, yeah,
0: as I would have said probably as a child, Chouse in Canada. <laughs> I wouldn't have said Chouse the year this came out. Um this cover is awesome. It's Bob Budiansky. And it's the kind of thing you would take to Bob Budiansky at a con and you'd get him to sign it but when you look at the first page guys <laughs> it's Justin's dad yeah, look at that is. face they don't say his name it's definitely it's Trudeau so Pierre Trudeau it's amazing it's so,
2: yeah amazing
0: i love it um just you look at burns panels in this oh my god he is he draws so many good characters. I love the way he does Wolverine in this. It, it's got Kirby style action panels. It's got the acting that you were talking about, Ryan. He's even made somehow he's made Banshee look all right.
2: Yeah, give him a bit of a smaller, more reasonable looking pipe.
0: Look where they are in this panel.
2: Do you see oh,
0: holy cow! Toronto. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. there we go. As a kid seeing this, I'm in grade nine. I am loving this. I'm loving everything about the X-Men. This is when, for me, you've got X-Men. You've got Japan. You've got this kind of reference to a new team, Alpha Flight. You've got Sasquatch grabbing Wolverine, who's talking about his love relationships like it's so soap opera it's got so many pieces in it it's maybe if it, it may be the first reference to wolverine as logan he tells mariko his name is logan is this the first time that happens i think
2: it might be yeah i don't have this comic and i've wanted it for a long time and i've done that stupid thing that you do sometimes at comic book collector if you're looking for um, a bargain yeah. And what I've seen it for and have thought in the past that it's too expensive, I yeah. would now gladly pay. <laughs> so it, I screwed myself a little bit. It, it,
0: the the Trudeau stuff is awesome. The Toronto stuff is awesome. It's, I think you, you get, the roadmap is probably set before this. But for me, the pieces have really lined up for the stuff that we love the most about the X-Men, about Wolverine. John Burns, I, I mean, it sounds gross to say this, but I love his female characters. Is that skeevy to say? But I love their faces. I think their faces are so yeah. bright and so beautiful. He he does a beautiful job with Wolverine. I mean, there's a little bit of race weirdness when he does Japanese characters, but I just love the way he captures Japan, even just subtly, and and in the the ones prior to this as well. But really, in 120, it all... Comes together. You you have to get this, Ryan. Mine is in pretty good shape. I
1: I'm guess. curious, Ryan. What did you think? What, what we what did you miss? Like um, in terms of the price, you said you saw it for stuff that was or prices that was too high. Because we're we're um, like you know, averages between fifty and hundred bucks. Well, yeah, like I don't. Time.
2: I think I saw it for forty and didn't pay it. Like right. I'm just trying to buy one because I want to read them multiple times. Sure. So You're I right, collected yeah. but I'm looking for like a five or a six. You know, yes. ideally like a six to eight if I can get it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so fifty-two hundred
1: in there is pretty yeah. average. Yeah,
2: I think the last time I saw it was like seventy-five.
1: So it's, it's, but, it's an attainable uh, title um, in that fifty to hundred dollar range hey, for sure.
0: Just look at that; it's down in sales. So over
1: the last while, yeah, all these. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, to be fair, all I the know. titles we've looked at tonight are down. I know, uh, but it's just, it's just now. That's just the. That's unfortunately that number we're seeing consistently is just when we're it's dating this moment <laughs> that's for sure
0: well i do want to say a few sure. things to wind up john burns work when i think about the x-men that i love the most <clears throat> that run i don't remember how many uh, do you remember his last t- his last one that he was on his last issue i almost said episode i can't um, remember you think i'd google yeah, that and yeah. have that prepared ryan I did not.
2: Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. I can quickly figure it out by looking at the book. Don't worry.
0: Right. I, we'll talk about that down the road. I love his art so much. He had a hand in plotting. He, When he was inked by Terry Austin, I think that Terry Austin yeah, really Terry inked Austin. him well, but he, I love when he inked himself too, obviously. his His storytelling is amazing. His character acting is amazing. I really like what he did. And all the creative tension that could have been there between... Chris Claremont and John Byrne, I think, was net plus to this whole series, don't you think?
2: I, I, I agree 100%. Um, the variety of his drawing, like the way he draws people, how they look different, and they all have characters, and they wear different clothes. It's just a whole elevation of the comic book art. Um, yeah, I just looked it up like it. So he draws all mm-hmm. of like the Dark Phoenix saga, which mm-hmm. were Coming up too, which is incredible. Then mm-hmm. so there's like a couple of sort of filler one-shot issues, I think, and then immediately, like I think three issues after Dark Phoenix ends, Days of Future Past he oh. does, which is only a two-issue story arc, and it's such an incredible one that's had such a um, impact. Man. And then he does one final issue, which is a, that weird Christmas issue with Kitty, <laughs> and then that, that's his last one. Uh, so well, one forty-three.
0: I, I really like that issue. Christmas oh it's a great issue, great issue. Yeah. it's really and and it's
2: charming and it goes to sh- it shows how good he is at that those moments like yeah. uh and then the side of him like he can draw and there's like a humor in there like yeah. that's a uh, part of his skill set as well
0: this run that we just talked about some of the keys goes from about february 75 to what is it end of 79 or, or? april 79 april 79 yeah. so midway through or early in 79 What an amazing time to be trying to find comics, to be reading comics, like Jaws comes out in 75, Star Wars comes out a few years later. I I mean, think about the giant things that were happening in pop culture, Alien, Apocalypse Now. This is a crazy time period. You have movies and you have music, the cars first album comes out in 78 78 78 you have punk music like you have stuff happening during this time period for me personally that was absolutely uh, baseline for the way my brain works and for comics to be able to come out in that chaotic time period jimmy carter's the president i think he appears in one of these actually um he has a cameo like pierre trudeau's face but you have a, a world where there is so much happening and these comics were able to distill a lot of the energy of that time period and somehow these young creators cockrum was not necessarily a young creator by then but you have chris claremont you have len wine you have roy thomas you have dave Cockrum, you have the old master gil kane coming in for covers and then you have the brilliance of john byrne working with claremont this is just a run that has to be picked up It's probably ending during, I've always said to this, Isaac, uh, Ryan, you don't know this, but Isaac knows, I always Mm -hmm. say 1979 is the best year. That song by the Smashing Pumpkins, obviously other people agree with me, but for me, 79 was amazing. And you pick up this 120 and it takes you right back. I did buy all the uh, Alpha Flights, by the way. I was there for it. I was in. Uh, It was such an amazing run. I can't stress enough how critical these are. And became so important for Marvel, I think, for years and years and years to come. Well,
1: even now, there's there's stuff coming out of this still, right? So this time period.
0: I don't know who. Yeah. I, it might have been Louise Simonson. There's a writer who said um, if she was ever running out of story ideas, she would go through stuff that Claremont had set up because he had set up so many things. Like, if you were in trouble, you could go back through what he had built and there would be something available that you could put together. And just, he had thought so far ahead for so many. And and by the way, even if people retconned it, he really did lay the groundwork for all kinds of stuff, didn't he? Yeah,
2: absolutely. He's like a natural storyteller. And you could tell that he just, it wasn't a job. He cared so much about Mm. it and does to this day. Like I have a story. I met him, a few times at cons and last year I was with my daughter. She was 14 and, uh, at the time, and she got him to sign, um, the first, uh, Excalibur comic.
1: Mm. He asked
2: her, he just thought that he goes, who's your favorite character? And she said, Kitty pride. And then he goes, "Uh, do you want to know the secret future history of Kitty pride? And I sat there like a little kid, uh, while he went on for about 10 minutes and made up this story about how, um, she lives to the heat death of the universe, and after the X-Men, she becomes president of the United States, and, wow. and he's telling this story like off the top of his head. And it was amazing, and I just thought, like, wow, what a great guy, like, and uh, you know, I thanked him for all these great stories he's uh, told over the wow. years, but you can it's see amazing. that it's a, a labor of love and that he has that passion for it, and it translates directly onto the page.
0: He's one of those guys. Uh, Some people can meet him and he can come off a little grumpy. John Byrne has a reputation for being grumpy, but they've earned the right to be grumpy. They've built our (laughs) lives in some ways from a story perspective and the comics that we love so much. Listen, guys, I think we better go. Isaac is falling asleep. He was up at four this morning. It's
1: a long day. I'm sorry (laughs) I've been so quiet this episode.
0: Uh, I was blabbing a lot because this is is your jam right now. This is when my X-Men came around uh ryan buckley thank you so much yeah anytime have fun in the danger room are you gonna wheel back and show us your uh thing on the way out your little cosplay you can do uh, isaac yeah, elliot it's, it's fisher the... oh wow oh,
1: he disappeared there hit the wheel right back there you go <laughs> take a <your> hat off <laughs> take that. there you go <laughs> there there's my
2: x-men
0: it's that's good it's always it. nice You're making to me end. do that it, yeah. it is it's bad of me but it's also delightful it's thank you so much this was episode four of key issue remember check out cover price dot and check us out definitive film and see what we're doing next and stay tuned for episode five coming up soon